Hello and welcome to Curious City. With a difference, we're on lockdown. Um, this is all about helping creative freelancers, indie businesses, arts companies raise awareness about their current plight and tell you how you can help them. So if you're keen to get in touch or you know someone that needs some help, please email me letty at curious.art. And just to say, we are recording this online so the audio isn't usual industry studio spec. So forgive us for that and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Curious City on Lockdown. Today I'm delighted to say I'm talking to Steve Allen who is an art writer, art critic and the mastermind behind the, the brilliant blog That Looks Queer. Steve, hello. Hello there. Lovely, lovely to see you. Thank you for coming on and chatting to us. A pleasure. Um, so for those of our, our listeners who don't know, can you explain a little bit about what you do and the background of it and when you started and that kind of thing? Well, um, uh, it basically was an offshot of, unfortunately, um, becoming, um, basically, I lost my job as a result of my disability. Uh, I'm epileptic and as a result of that, I was basically trying to find something else to do with myself and I'd always had an interest in uh, sort of creative writing but didn't really have any sort of energy or mind about doing it as a, as a career or anything of uh, that in mind and then sadly as a result of uh, losing my job and as a result of that I wrote about um, Flem's artwork in um, the Mausoleum of the Giants in Sheffield um, was lucky enough to get it, and given the vast queue right. that there was, um, but it was just uh, took my interest, and I realised that as a result of my dad working in an industry closely aligned with steelworkers, sort of the idea of it of finding a new way to imagine and memorialise the idea and the identity of not just the sort of these totemic figures being sort of in their place, but of the industry and the people that were being memorialised there. Okay. And from that, it sort of grew into uh, this idea of, well, actually, this is actually quite good, or at least I thought it was, and other people were reading it and... I shared it with a couple of my um, friends who were at um, university in Leeds with, um, and then it's it's odd, but I've happened upon people on uh, various online forums. Uh, Connor Shields, who's a really a great um, sculptor, um, who had a show in two, I think it's two thousand and eighteen at um, Yorkshire Sculpture Park happened upon the thing that I wrote about Mausoleum of the Giants, uh, liked it, invited me to come and see his work at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, and off of that I wrote about his stuff. That got onto Yorkshire Sculpture Park's website, and from there it's just grown from strength to strength, really. It happened in the best possible way, the snowball effect. When you know you're really onto something, if you kind of do something initially just with integrity out of interest and, and passion, and then it grows into into what it is today. Mm. I still, 
the, the thing is, I still have this sort of little mini imposter demon that li that I call it that lives yeah. in the back of my mind. Well, that means that, that just means you're a, you're a genuine creative, so I wouldn't worry about that demon. He's your friend, really. Um, so now that it's it's kind of gained traction, um, how can people access it, and and is there a way for people to um, get involved with it? Or how, how can they kind of connect with you and, and what you're doing with this blog? Well, um, the blog the blog itself, I have my blog, uh, that looks queer.home.blog is where I live online. Yeah. Um, I currently have a weekly uh, workshop, um, which is called Zvishen. Uh I'm basically um, communicating with um, sort of artists and creative people um, around the idea of the Bauhaus workbook and reimagining it for the 21st century. I've always been in, sorry about that. No, no, carry on, sorry, I was just saying wow, yeah. Um, I've been interested in the sort of pedagogy of the Bauhaus as an idea of this sort of intersectional idea of art and sort of blurring the lines between the sort of ideas of what an artist is people i think most people when they think of art still think of it being sort of flat surfaces and pigment sort of slapped upon them whereas i think the bauhaus in the 1920s was the first sort of school in inverted commas that the masters who were involved in it were very quickly uh, adaptable. Paul Clay being one of my absolute heroes, he moved around all of the sections of the Bauhaus, sort of painting, woodwork, uh, textiles, sculpture. He was a real sort of Renaissance person. Yeah. Um, so with these workshops, is it, are they interactive or is it, does it work in the form of, of a lecture or how, how does it work? Um, I've, it's basically structured like a mediated discussion. Uh, I have uh, one person who is the master of the workshop who leads it. Uh, and the idea is that it's they're sort of describing a fundamental of their practice. I'm like the journey person and the means of accessing and sort of, I ask a series of questions that we have prepared over the course of the week leading up to the workshop. And then we open it up to the floor with regards to the questions that people may have. Uh, so it's um, interactive, it's um, open with regards to the questions that you can ask. And I try, um, as I'm myself um, queer, I try to uplift the work of queer um, and LGBT plus um, artists wherever I can. Okay, so is that, uh, do you generally invite LGBT, LGBT artists to come and, and speak at these workshops? Is it there? That's my ultimate aim, but again, it is open to absolutely anyone. It's I try to create a sort of safe space um, as much as possible. And within the sort of confines of Zoom um, yes. uh, and the platform, there, I've tried to make sure that while the meetings are recorded, it's a, 
kind of there are I've set it up so that you can have sort of a chill out room. So if people find that the information that's been discussed is sort of a little bit too much, or they feel that they just need to sort of take a step out, they could. There's a separate room that they can go into and just take some time to yeah. bone out and come back in at their leisure. Brilliant. So if, if there was an artist listening to this who wanted to get involved, how would they contact you? Um, I'm on Twitter um, at LooksQueer, um, Instagram at ThatLooksQueer, uh, and you can email me, um, which is ThatLooksQueer at gmail.com. Brilliant. So can I just ask, Steve, is this, are these online workshops a, a direct result of C19, or were you running them pre-pandemic? Um, it was a, it was really a direct result of uh, COVID-19. I volunteer at Sight Gallery, yeah. um, and I found that um, as a result of my um, own anxiety, it, volunteering at Sight Gallery was a real help to me in having that sort of routine and having access to creative people. I found a real sort of tonic for myself. Uh, and Sight Gallery have been really, really wonderful with regards to um, the provision of the technology that I'm able to use in order to speak to you now. Yeah. Um, and have been providing a great deal of sort of help and support. Um, and again, it was basically just off the back of a conversation about, well, what can I do in order to create that same environment um, for myself, selfishly you may say with regards to dealing with my own anxiety but also recognizing that there will be other artists that need that sort of individual communal support yeah yeah um i think that's really really important um and looking looking forward um do, how do you see the workshops i mean they're they're, they're proving to be popular and our favourite places have got on board with them and do you see them carrying on perhaps? Yeah I think that it's definitely something that I would want to continue. Um, I think that post-Covid the shape of it will obviously alter. Mm -hmm. I'd like to obviously move it towards um, having meeting people face to face yeah. But obviously, take the framework of the accessibility with regards to Zoom and continue that. Yeah. But obviously, having it as sort of a platform where people could see the conversation uh, in a sort of open podcast style environment might be used, might be useful and yeah. might add another dimension to it. I think I think you're onto something there because I think we've all realised that actually there is a lot that can be done tech-wise and um, you know minimising the travel and all of those things that that we do every day without really thinking about it. Now we've all got so used to to a different method of communication. I think we might see a rise in in that kind of um, sort of multi-genre event. I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see to see what happens. And when's your next workshop? 
Uh, my next workshop w um, will be on Tuesday at 6pm um, and I shall be exploring the um, the way in which the Bauhaus um, the Bauhaus's views of women and gender. Um, I have an exciting uh, exciting person to put, come along to that, but I'm keeping things relatively close to my chest at the moment because okay. it's quite a it's quite an it's a, it should be exciting. Great, it's exciting. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, so it's Tuesday, the twelfth of May, and if people want to come along and get involved, they they find you on Twitter. Uh, yes, I shall be posting all of the information on Twitter. I also have a Facebook uh, page with regards to the event, um, and that again will be. Um, at That Looks Queer, and there's also a Zivition. Uh, if you search for Zivition on Facebook, um, you should be able to find it there. Fantastic. Can you just give us a spelling for Zivition? That's uh, Z-W-I-S-C-H-E-N. Fantastic. Which, again, um, is... it's. I pick Zivition because Bauhaus means sort of building place or place of architecture and Zvishin I thought was a this is going to get weird and technical now but Zvishin is German for between and I think that COVID-19 has created this sort of in-between middling space between what was and what is going to be once we're through it so I, I picked Zvishin as this German sort of Bauhausy word that I understand sounds a little bit odd because you don't really know how to say it it's but it's I kind good. of like that yeah I love the thought I love the thought process behind it because we are we're in this kind of state of suspension and this sort of peculiar limbo um so I think yeah I think it's a, a very apt name um Steve before we go have you got any shout outs um for anybody um in the previous uh, workshop that we had, uh, we were appealing for people to submit video and audio diary, mostly audio diaries of their experiences in lockdown. Um, Liz Churton uh, was, is an artist uh, and animator who is producing a piece of work called Lockdown Voices. And it's an interdisciplinary um, piece of work, including uh, voice, animation, and uh, pieces of music, in order to create a sort of experience of uh, and lasting memorial of our time and experience and the experiences of loss and lack of intimacy that we are experiencing throughout um, COVID nineteen. Um, and if people uh, would like to submit their voices um, to that uh, piece of work um, they can email um, audio files to chertonliz at gmail.com that's c-h-u-r-t-o-n-l-i-z at gmail.com fantastic we'll put that in the show notes as well so if you're listening and you didn't catch that you can you can read it in the show notes below um, that's brilliant steve we look forward to seeing you on tuesday um, and the big reveal of who's going to be uh, the master in question. Um, thank you so much for talking to us. That's and great. Stay safe and we'll see you on the other side. Indeed.
Toodaloo. Bye-bye. A Curious Arts production.